here. We're talking about new Paseos, and last week we talked about introductions and getting started and knowing who we are, getting to know a God who knows you, who knows your story, and that you can't go anywhere, even with a great destination, if you don't know where you are starting from, because your starting location sets your orientation to help you find where you want to go. And this morning, we're going to talk about preparation. I'm going to use the image of packing your pack, your, your hiking pack, your backpack for the journey of faith together. If we're going on new paseos as a family of faith together, what needs to go in our bag to be ready to travel together? That's the image we're going to build from today. But my friends, I have good news for you. Uh, we all have confidence in God, but I happen to know a packing pro. My wife, Camille, has a PhD in packology. I kid you not. So when we were preparing to move to Valencia from Simi Valley, we were accountable to the following. This is a spreadsheet on Google Docs that was shared amongst us. We all had to have it on our phones. And what you see before you along the left-hand side is box numbers. Across the top is the room that those boxes came from with a code. Every box had to have a code, and not just in one place, but on each of the four faces of the box, so that no matter how it went on the truck or was in a room, we would know exactly what was in it, where it would need to go, and what we would need when it came time to unpacking. Now, you know, I'm a bit of a scoundrel, so if you look real close towards the bottom, when we run out of time in the last couple of days, there are a number of boxes that are just labeled miscellaneous. That's entirely on me. I was forbidden from doing that, and yet when you're uh, under the gun, that's what happens. And so it is a, 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 such a fun thing uh, to be in your midst, to feel in some ways prepared, and yet to know that even with all that preparation, there's still such newness and such excitement in what we're doing here. So today... We talk about preparation and getting ready for that walk. Let's look at our scripture for this morning. We're in Colossians today, Paul's letter to the Colossians, second chapter, and just two quick verses that are going to ground us in our story today. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. The Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God this morning. So we're talking about packing, what we're going to put in our pack. And Paul gives us some great images for what we are to do in our life of faith if we're going to pack for the journey that we are on together. The first thing we pack is a reminder of who we are. We started with that with identity last week and talking about a God who knows us, what we're grounded in. But Paul starts with the idea that saying, if you're going to continue to live in the life that Christ has given you, continue to live in Christ, you need to do that in such a way that you are rooted and built up. We talked last week about the image of the tree, and this continues in this part of the series. The first thing that goes in the pack is a reminder of who you are, a sense of rootedness, that when all else is tumultuous and a storm, you know right where you are. With the weeks that we've been having as of late and the news that surrounds us, something that just grounds you in a bit of hope and a bit of peace. Now, sometimes for people, those reminders are actual tokens of things. And maybe what you need in your pack is a a tangible, physical reminder of the ways in which you are continuing to thrive in the life of Christ. I know there are probably people in this sanctuary this morning that I could turn to and say, open up your purse and take me out that trinket, that thing that you carry that serves no practical purpose. It's not a key to a house. It doesn't start a car. It just serves as your good luck charm, as your reminder of who you are. 
If that's not your speed, I bet what a number of you could do is show me that picture on the lock screen in your phone, which is the reason that you get up every morning. Your kid, your grandkid, your favorite place to visit, that trip from the vacation that's just going to live in your soul for the next six months. Whatever that picture is on your lock screen, the first thing we pack on our journey together is a reminder of who we are. Because no matter where we go, we're never going to forget that. The second thing, according to Paul and Colossians, that goes into our pack for our journey together is a strengthened faith. To be strengthened in faith. We're rooted and built up, and then our faith is made strong. And one of the questions you might have is, now wait a minute, Pastor, in the church we seem to talk about faith with a capital F, of an absolute certainty of which there is never confusion or doubt. How is it that something that is so sure then has the ability to grow? Are you telling me that faith can ebb and flow, can be strengthened and diminished? Yes. Yes, that is what I am telling you. Paul says your faith needs to be strengthened, to be built up. Mark chapter 9 has a dad who longs for the healing of his daughter. And Jesus says, do you believe? And his honest answer is, I believe, help my unbelief. Coupled in his affirmation, which gets his daughter to healing, is a sense of there are things that I believe and I trust, and yet I know there are places where I am still growing in faith. It is a growing edge for me. Faith can be strengthened. And the analogy that I love to use is that faith, like so many things in the, the, the corpus of our body and our experience, is a muscle. I'm an occasional gym goer. I'm more of a bicycle rider than anything else. But I've been to the gym. And when you go to the gym, you are exercising your muscles. And every beefcake over at Gold's Gym will tell you the same thing. When you are trying to build muscle, you need to fill that muscle and you need to strain that muscle. You got to feed it. You got to give it something. It's energy that it will grow and you have to challenge it in some ways. So faith is a muscle that allows us to kind of grow in, in a sense, to be strengthened in our connection with God and with one another. We ask the question, what feeds your faith? Right? I'm talking about your spiritual protein, your spiritual carbohydrates. What it is it that you are packing into your journey pack that will give you strength for those times when the path is a little unclear, when you are struggling, when it is hard? What are the things that you're packing that bring you joy and hope and possibility? What's feeding your faith? Let me tell you three quick ones that feed me. One is Scripture. I've already had at least one person, not to be named or pointed at, ask, why do you read from the Bible when it's up on the screen? One is I'm having this wonderful new journey with glasses that's been oh so fun. But the other is, but the other is, I'm firmly convinced that everybody ought to have their own Bible. Now, I'm not talking about the Bible that you know that is on the bookshelf in your house somewhere. You ought to have one that you can turn to, maybe with some regularity, maybe in a small group setting, maybe in a time of need, maybe in a time of curiosity, or just as a part of the pattern of your life. 
But in the same way that you have a cell phone that you call your own, maybe a laptop or a tablet that you call your own, a vehicle that might be your own, or whatever simple possessions you have that you can identify as mine, I believe we all need to have a Bible. What's the best translation, Pastor? The one that you'll use. The one that speaks to you. The one that allows you to connect with the deepness of the universe and the person of God. And in the Word of God in Christ Jesus, that's the best one to use. Scripture's a big one for me. I've already shared on a number of occasions the importance prayer plays in my life. I could get up and ride my bike, I could have some cereal, I could do all the things I think I need to do in any given day, but if I did it absent of prayer, the wheels would fall off my bust. Prayer helps settle me in, helps me to know what I need to do, helps me to have some sense of those I need to connect with, places where I need to connect with me in myself. Scripture and prayer are essential. There are a bunch of other things I'd pack into that list. Music is a big one. Both playing and hearing music is a big part of who I am. I read at least one poem every day, sometimes many more. I love poetry as a way of feeding my spirit, feeding my faith. I love movies as a way of feeding my faith, understanding who I am, or even what entertains me, what makes me laugh, what makes me cry, what makes me scared. Movies are great for feeding my faith. But the third thing I really love, we're doing right now together, and that's worship. Worship feeds our faith. It gives it strength. The ability to be together in community and in communion is something that, for me, becomes an essential part of the diet in faith. I lack the capacity to have the deep, strong faith that Paul describes absent of this regular intersection where we get to come together and seek God in a common place to share our burdens and struggles and to know that God is for us. But like I said, Beefcakes at Gold's Gym would tell you you only build muscle if you do two things. You have to feed the muscle and you have to strain the muscle, right? They'll tell you, you just do this with a little, you know, one pound weight, you're not going to get anywhere unless that's where you are in your journey. But to really begin to get stronger, you have to challenge and break down that muscle. So a fair question is, what challenges your faith? Is your faith being fed? Fantastic. Is your faith being challenged? Do you believe in a God that is always, always going to call you to do a little more or be a little different because that is the path of faith? What challenges your faith for bad? Where do you find yourself struggling? Where do you find yourself with deep, annoying questions about the nature of God or about the, the patterns of this church? Burning questions might be a great place for that. But the challenge to faith is what are those things that you do with regularity that help you to be better? Are you a person of prayer? Are you a person of generosity? Are you a person of rich charity? Do you see the least and the lost and the vulnerable around you? Those are challenges to your faith that we pack in our bag together. The third thing, you, you, I don't need to preach any more about it. You already heard Debbie in the worship band talk about it. Gratitude. Thanksgiving goes in your pack no matter where you go. It is essential. It comes up again and again and again in these scriptures that we adore. And it is here. Be full of thankfulness, the NIV says. It is an invitation for you to inventory and prioritize your life in such a way that you realize that you have been so blessed 
and you have the opportunity to be a blessing. Regardless of your wealth, status, or power, what do you have? What have you been given? What is the inventory of your life and faith that you can then use to shape the story of another? What's in your pack, and what can you be grateful there for? When you know what you have, you can also begin to identify what you lack. What don't you have in your bag? What are you missing? Is it something that you can go out and find? Is it something that you've always struggled with? What do you have in your pack? What do you lack in your pack? And being able to be honest about a lack in our spirit allows us to replace the patterns of envy and jealousy with the gratitude that we're called to be about. Now, this church has not yet had Pastor Andy's word game about the difference between envy and jealousy, so I'll lay it on you real quick. Envy and jealousy are the exact same emotion. Exact same emotion. Envy is what you feel when you long for something that you do not and have not ever had. You can envy the wealth of a neighbor, the car they drive, the beauty of Athan's hair. Whatever it is that you long for that you don't have. I already told him I was going to say something about it. Whatever it is that you lack and have not had that you long for is the emotion of envy. The emotion of jealousy is that exact same emotional center, a longing for to the point of it hurting for something that was yours that is now missing. Think about how we talk about spouses and partners. When you're jealous for a loved one, it is because the affection and covenantal faithfulness that you believe to be yours is absent and being placed somewhere else. Why is that distinction in the least bit appropriate for this morning? Well, one of the things that our scriptures regularly do is describe your God and mine as a jealous God. Not envious of the human experience, but a jealous God. Why does God get jealous? Because that which was first God's has gone missing. That's the pattern of life and the work of sin. You are first God's, you wander away from God, and God longs for you to return. That'll be a part of our recalculating. And in that return, you are restoring that which God longs for because you started out as God's in the first place. You can replace envy and jealousy in your life with a spirit of gratitude when you begin to understand what you have. But my friends, there is a gift also to what you lack. Hear me again. There's a gift to what you lack. Not just because it generates a desire for more, but it is an opportunity for God to bring into your life circle and story those people and those things that fills that deficit. Maybe you can't sing like the members of our worship band. Maybe you can't play guitar like the members of our worship band. Maybe, maybe you sit here thinking, I can't preach like Andy. Maybe you can't do some of the fundamentals. Well, the good news is, church, is that we are brought together out of the gift of our lacking. We are all insufficient by ourselves. You'd stop coming next week if I took it upon myself to do every little bit of what happens in the life of this church by myself. 
We are radically dependent on one another. And it is the realization when we inventory our pack and to say, I'm so grateful that I'm not called to this or to that because there's somebody that is and God has raised them up. The other thing that the gift of lacking does is it points to a deep hunger and need. This morning after worship, you're going to have the opportunity over in our fellowship hall to hear from people, Pastor Camille and other small group leaders, as you heard Jen announce, about signups for this, small, this fall's small groups, a chance to be in fellowship and connection with one another. Why offer that as a ministry? Isn't worship enough? Am I not fed enough by hearing this bozo preach Sunday after Sunday? The answer is no, because I'm incomplete, and so are you. And the gift of what we lack is the opportunity for God to raise up people in our lives who help to carry the load, who help to process the load, and who help us to journey together. This is also a pitch for next Sunday when we talk about the image of community and friends who walk this new paseo together. Who are you traveling with? Because they help pick up what you lack. The final thing to pack is a map. Now, I know there are some bold adventurers out there who just like to wander. That wanderlust spirit of, I don't need a map, I don't need where I'm going, I'm just going to let the spirit lead me. What a beautiful sentiment. But the analogy that I want to use is, we need some structure to our journey in faith. In the same way that I have those beautiful realtors maps of the Paseos that run through Valencia, we need a map that helps us with our journey in the life of faith. Because it helps us to check in, in terms of how we're doing on that path. Where are we coming up short? Where have we missed the mark? Where have we, as our fourth sermon in this series, need to recalculate a little bit? Have you been on a trip and had that dashboard GPS or your phone or maybe your spouse in the seat next to you just kind of remind you you're going the wrong way, <laughs> right? That phone's like, recalculating. You missed your exit, recalculating. Take a U-turn, recalculating. It's okay to find yourself off the map as long as you find your way back to where you belong. That's why we start with the reminder of who we are and where we're headed. For me, Scripture becomes the map of my faith. Psalm 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And there are people who are my age and older who are now humming that Amy Grant song in your head. Confess, I know it's you. But that image of God's Word being a light and a lamp to help us know where we are in relationship to God and to one another lets us know that on these new paseos that we travel together, one of the best ways we can be prepared is by knowing God's Word in Scripture. And if that's the case, the thing that serves as the compass for us, the orientation in the map, is a life of prayer. Prayer becomes the thing that allows you to check in and say, okay, I know what my relationship is to others in light of this map. How do I get oriented to where I long to be? Prayer and mutual accountability serves as that. My final thought for you on packing is this. Double checking can be a gift. If you read the e-blast this week, you'll know I was never a Boy Scout. But I like that model of being prepared. And the ability to kind of double check, to make sure you've got what you need in your spiritual pack for this journey together is a true gift. Because it's a reminder that we all miss something sometimes. 
even with the master list of the Matic packing plan, we found some surprises when we unpacked. Not just in Andy's miscellaneous boxes. I know what you're thinking. It's okay to double check. The work of the church, the work of our small group ministries, the gift of lack is an opportunity for us to check in with one another, to check in with God who cares deeply about us, and to say, what more? What now? What next? And we only do that when we begin to take account of and accountability for how we're packing for the paseos ahead. I'm so glad to be on this trip with y'all. It's a gift to me. Let's pray.